Father, I like that last song. It just reminds us that you are good. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we can admit that when things don't go our pampered American way, we question what's wrong. There's a sense of entitlement that we have. And we can question your goodness. Yet you've laid out very clearly in your word to expect persecutions and difficulties and trials. It just means that you're forming our character. It may not be fun, but it is good, and your goodness does never change. It never changes. And so it's good to be reminded of your goodness. And Lord, as we open your word this morning, as you would open our eyes and speak through me for your purposes, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Get your Bibles out. Actually, you know what? I don't think you'll need to. You can get them out. This will be a little bit of a different kind of sermon. Um, there has been a social justice movement that has swept across our country the last few years. For sure, for sure, highlighted in, in the summer of 2020. Um, you know, throughout our the history of United States, you know, there's been various movements, and there's a current movement that is going through uh, America that is hard for us to understand because many of us have been quite frankly, asleep behind the wheel, and I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anybody else here, um, and that is um, the, the LGBTQ movement. And particularly, what I want to talk about this morning, because it is all over our, our society and all over the news and media, is this concept of transgenderism. There are certain sermons that you prepare that are... Uh, fun to make and fun to prepare for and, and so on. And there's sermons like this that are just difficult. Frank has been helping me this week with some videos and I've, we've been going back and forth and I've, I've commented how um, shocked, I guess you'd say if anyone was woke <laughs> or woken up, I would have woken up to this issue of transgenderism. For most of us, you know, we never even thought about it, right? Growing up, it, you know, it was just, if you are dressing, if you're a man dressed as a woman, I mean, you were made fun of, almost beat up, and so on. We played that game growing up, smear the queer, and so on, and I didn't know what the queer meant, even playing that game. But we just, that's the way society was. And so, we're, this series is what the Bible says about, and what does the Bible say about transgenderism? Well, despite what you may think, and at least what I thought as well, uh, the Bible specifically addresses transgenderism. Did you know that? Anybody not know that or not know that? Yeah, it does. For example, right here, a woman shall not wear man's clothing, nor shall man put on a woman's clothing. Whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Now, the reason behind that is that God doesn't want to what? Blur the lines of sex. God created man and woman, and our enemy, Satan, is going to do the very opposite. He is going to push for androgyny. He's going to push to blur the lines. And so after God created Adam and Eve and stated everything in Genesis, here we are in Deuteronomy, and obviously this has already happened, right? In the history of, of, of humanity, there's already been transgenderism, cross-dressing, okay? A transvestite, Right? goes on in Deuteronomy 23.1, and by the way, it is what to God? So when he does that, now what does that mean? It's detestable to him. And let me just say this as well right off the top here. One of the things that, you, that in today's culture is, because it's now painted as a norm to be a transgender person, that you can't judge them, Right? And so what you say is, well, listen, I, you, know, you may not agree with their lifestyle, but I'm not going to judge you. Let me just stop that right there. 
okay? You make judgment every day of your life. And if you're going to be godly, you need to make a judgment about everything in sin, and including this issue. And if God says, I don't think God says, and I could be wrong, that committing adultery is an abomination to him. So when he throws the word and identifies a sin and attaches the word abomination to it, God feels pretty strong about that. Okay? That means it's detestable to him. And of course, our society is saying what? It's normal. So, it's an abomination to him. No one who is emasculated or his male organ cut off shall enter the assembly of the Lord. This is referring to what now? What we call that today? A sex change surgery, right? You see that? So this was happening when? It didn't time to Deuteronomy. This is like Moses. It's been happening for a while, okay? And what, what's, the, what's the consequence? Now, you could be made a eunuch for you know, political reasons. You're serving a king and, he, and he, your male organ's cut off so you can then be with the women in his harem and so on, and you're not going to be a threat to them, all right? But they also, we know, did this so that you could have male prostitutes, this is history. And so anyone who does this, what's the consequence? You don't enter the assembly of, of the Lord. Now, you go to the New Testament, you find this. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, he's going to give you a list of, the, of a descriptive list of, of what makes up uh, a type of person or lifestyle that does not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. So obviously, you can be deceived about this. Neither fornicators, which is general sexual morality, idolaters, idol worship, adulterers, we know what that is, nor effeminate, what's effeminate? Well, this word means transgender. Yeah, acting like the opposite sex in a sexual way. We'll get into that more next week. Nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers. Now what? They don't inherit the kingdom of God. So basically, they don't get into the assembly of the Lord. It's the same thing as saying, you don't get into the kingdom. Okay? You don't get into the kingdom. Now, let's talk about now, because that's, you can put your Bibles down, and I need your full attention on me. We're going to talk about the transgender movement. We're going to show you a video that I... Frank was so great. He edited. There's one one word that they they edited in the video, but didn't quite catch it. So Frank was able to edit it. This is a video by Matt Walsh asking the question, "What is a woman?" Can you put that video up, Dave? I'll tell you start it in a moment here. Now, of course, I've asked the question, "What is a woman?" Right on what it means to be biblical definition of femininity, and how the justice I can't remember her name. The Biden's new Supreme Court justice refused to answer what is a biological woman and so on. And so we talked about that, what is a woman? Well, this is um, Matt Walsh asking his question, what is a woman? What is a woman? Can you tell me that? <laughs> well, you're at the Women's March, you must have some idea. Please, if, if one person could tell me what a woman is. You are not here for women! What is that? I'm a husband. I'm a father of four. I host a talk show. I give speeches. I write books. I like to make sense of things. A woman is not anything in particular. There is not one particular thing. It could be many things to many people. Some women have penises, right? Some men have vaginas. I like scented candles. And I've watched Sex in the City. Yeah. How do I know if, if I'm a woman? That's a great question. <laughs> Can a man become a woman? <laughs> I'm not a woman, so I, I can't really answer that. Women only know what women are. Are you a uh, cat? No. Can you tell me what a cat is? <laughs> you want to tell us what a woman is? I'm a biological woman that medically transitioned to appear like a male. I will never be a man. And so they go on the internet and they're told that all their problems will be solved if they become a man. So you worry that there, there could be a 
sort of social contagion element of this? A teeny tiny bit, maybe. It got me at 42. Your child doesn't have a chance. And you're affirming it with hormones that have never been used in this way. Puberty blockers, which are completely reversible. Completely reversible. One of the drugs used is Lupron, right? Which mm -hmm. has actually been used to chemically castrate sex offenders. You know what? I'm not sure that we should continue with this interview. You don't want to talk about the drugs that you give to kids, or? How can they be removing the healthy breasts of 15-year-old girls? There are masculine girls. There are feminine boys. What are we going to do about that? Carve them up? How can this whole thing be happening, Matt? I wanted us to have a safe place to be able to talk about this. Part of me wants to ask why you care so much. I, I care about the truth. I care about children. I care about the women who are having their opportunities stolen from them. Is it transphobic to tell the truth? The interview's over. Let's turn off the cameras. Excuse me. Oh, fair cry. I just wanted to know what is a woman. And you're not going to find out. Based on what I'm saying, would you ever want to move to America? <laughs> they say no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> What is a woman? And of course, it quickly delved into transgenderism. Um, I was struck uh, again by that, that man um, who was, or that woman who wanted to transition to a man, and he was what, 42 years old? And what did he say? They got me at 42. And your kids have no chance. Let's talk about the transgender movement which is part of the LGBTQIA, I forget all the, the letters. Um, folks, it's not a subtle agenda. It is perhaps summed up best by the San Francisco gay men's choir song, We Are Coming For Your Children. In the United States, this is how they do it. The first place they start is in preschool. Yes, preschool. Um, I have a, I, there's so many videos I, I couldn't show, but you can look online, and there's a preschool teacher that tweeted out, uh, she is bragging about reading book on gender identity, which includes a page that says doctors guess a baby's gender, to three-year-old student who then questions his gender. They're coming for your children. In the elementary school, this is from the Daily Caller, um, here's the, the, the pride flag. Uh, a Maryland elementary school invited little kids to pledge allegiance to the pride flag and, recorded, and to be recorded for a YouTube video. In the video, students are holding pride flags and saying these words, love, respect, freedom, tolerance, equality, and pride. The Montgomery, Public school, Montgomery County Public Schools told this was a staff idea and was approved by elementary school leadership. This is a picture of a first grade Colorado teacher that says it's important to talk about pronouns and gender identity with six year old students. This is why that gentleman said, they got me at 42, you've got your children have no chance. They are punishing elementary school students for misgendering or dead naming. What is misgendering? If you call a he, if a, if a he thinks she's a she and you call him a he, you've misgendered. If you maliciously on purpose call them their actual biological sex and they're identifying as a woman, you're doing it maliciously, that's dead naming. And they're punishing elementary schools. Fairfax, Virginia schools may expel elementary students for misgendering people. In Fairfax County, Virginia, changes are set to be approved May 26th. Everything I am showing you, by the way, I found this week in a short amount of time, and there's more stuff coming out even this weekend that I simply couldn't put in the sermons. Stuff, people, this stuff is everywhere. They would punish malicious misgendering at the same level as assault and battery. 
Fairfax County, Virginia is the 10th largest school district in the nation. In middle school, you can find this. You shouldn't be shocked. Here in New York, they're now bringing in drag queens to read to students. Okay? Maryland school guidelines say to teach 4th and 8th graders, and here's a picture of this, about sexual orientation. Middle schoolers are also taught about the gen- difference in gender between the difference in gender identity and sex assigned at birth and how they may differ. Okay? So you can see stuff here. Identify sexual orientation as a person's physical and romantic attraction to individual and so on and so forth. Then they go on and they talk about how it can be different at birth. Compare sex assigned at birth and gender identity and explain how they may not, may or may not differ. Okay? New Jersey's, say New Jersey, their transgender student guidance for school districts says schools can't inform parents if their child comes out as trans. Students are allowed to change their name, gender identity, and pronouns without parental consent. You probably can't read this. It says here, a school district shall accept a student's asserted gender identity. Parental consent is not required. Further, a student need not meet any threshold diagnosis or treatment requirements. In other words, they don't want you to to say that being transgender is a mental illness, okay? To have his or her gender identity recognized and respected by the district, school or school personnel. Go down here, due to specific and compelling need, such as the health and safety of a student or an incident of of a bias-related crime, a school district may be obligated to disclose a student's fears. What they're going to go on and say is that these measures may include the facilitation of counseling for the student and the student's family to facilitate the family's acceptance and support of the student's transgender status. You, you're the parent. You, don't, you think that your daughter's a daughter still? She thinks she's a he? The school's saying we're going to step in and force you to what? Accept it. Because the schools, and there's a big thing going on, the president got in trouble because he said that the schools, they're they're their children. Do you see that this week? Yeah. Well, they punish elementary school, right? They're gonna punish middle school students, right? They punish them for misgendering. Some of you have seen this, heard of this. A Wisconsin school district principal filed a Title IX complaint against three middle school students accusing them of sexual harassment for using incorrect pronouns when addressing another student. Now, you want to know what happened? This woman, this young girl, thought she was a boy, and she was very dominant about it. And she was browbeating a a, a passive physical boy. And another boy stepped in and said, you know, he's got a constitutional right. He can say what he wants to say. If he thinks you're a he, he's a he. That's all the student said. Well, that student... um, was expelled. The elementary principal is reportedly the one who filed the complaint against this one of the three students. Now, the mother of the one of the accused students thought this was a joke, right? Wouldn't you? I got expelled because I refused, because I defended a friend who didn't want to call a, a, a woman a man. She was asked if she was against the LGBTQ plus movement. She replied, no, I teach my children to love everybody. Well, the principal... By the way, since he was identified, has now deleted his Twitter account. Of course, in high school, um, there was a video out. I just didn't put it up there. Students at Salem Kayser High School in Oregon. Of course, you'd expect this from the West Coast, right? There's a video out. A bunch of students are uh, speaking out over the school's bathroom policy, which allows males to use the girls' bathrooms. They voice concerns of being sexually assaulted. Parents say that the staff are completely dismissive of their concerns. And these protests have been going on for two weeks. Now the school has removed the entrance doors to the bathrooms. That's their answer. No more doors in the bathrooms. One parent described her daughter's anxiety in school now as a result of this and how girls are scared to use the restroom. Uh, this questionnaire, and I thought this is a little different because you don't think of liberalism or progressives uh, or liberal anything, Montana, right? It's a 
pretty conservative, right? They like their guns and their hunting and stuff like that. Well, this question here for exploring sexual orientation was handed out in a Montana school. You can't read it. I'm going to read you question number four. Question number eight, question number 10, and question number 11, and question number 14. Question number four. Is it possible that heterosexuality stems from a neurotic fear of others of the same gender? Question number eight. 40% of married couples get divorced. Why is it so difficult for straights to stay in long-term relationships? Question number 10. 99% of reported rapists are heterosexuals. Why are straights so sexually aggressive? Question number 11. The majority of child molesters are heterosexuals. Do you consider it safe to expose children to heterosexual teachers, scout leaders, and coaches? And question number 14, of course, you know they're leading to this. How easy would it be for you if you wanted to change your, your sexual orientation starting right now? That was passed out at a Montana high school, folks. The LGBTQ plus movement will go to great lengths to push their agenda. They will even use critical race theory to push transgenderism. This is what they do. This is a tweet. This is a result of CRT. They put kids in victim and oppressor groups. You should recognize that, some of you. White kids are always the oppressors, but they give them an out. They say, you can put yourself in this victim group, the oppressor group, by becoming trans, and you no longer will be an oppressor. And of course, what kid wants to be a bad guy, right? The simple truth is our schools are infested with sexual predators. And kids are being groomed in school. And of course, it was only a matter of time before this happened. This is an Arizona school counselor who arranged a drag show for students. And here's his, here you can see it, and here's his name. And guess what he got caught doing? Here's his name. Same name. Here he is. Having sex with a 15-year-old student. Again, this came out this week on, on May 19th from Fox News. 135 teachers and teacher aides have been arrested so far this year on child sexual aid crimes in the United States, ranging from child pornography to raping students. This information comes from 41 states. This, and this is just between January 1st and May 13th. January, February, March, April, May. It's less than five months. It averages out to about, they say, an arrest uh, once a day. Arrest a day on average. But it's not just there. You can't go to the library because it's in our libraries. You see this flyer right here. These are two school, two libraries in Illinois, two publicly funded libraries. Let me say it again, publicly funded. What does that mean? Funded by the public, your money, your tax money. Are hosting a pride fest and are advertising that kids will be dressing up in drag. Both the Waukegan Library in Illinois and the Highwood Library in Illinois have refused to respond as to why they are sponsoring this abuse of children. Your tax dollars hard at work. I thought my wife of this next one. It's in other learning institutions, believe it or not. It's in the National Science Teaching Association. Look at that. The National Science Teaching Association held a conference for K through 12 teachers with a presentation called Queer Your Classroom. It included a TikTok video on inclusive language which asks people to identify and refer to others based on their bodily functions. Now, of course, when they were found out, what did they do? They blocked the person who exposed this on Twitter, okay? Queer your classrooms. Why in the world is this National Science and Teaching Association doing this? Because this movement is it's everywhere. But what about here? As you know this, of course, it's in the federal government. In November 2014, Time Magazine released this issue called The Transgender Tipping Point. I did not even know this was going on back then. I was asleep behind the wheel. Um, 
This is from Dr. Jillian Weiss. She wrote this at the same time uh, in the, her article called The Transgender Tipping Point, an overview for the advocate. She says, Time Magazine recently asserted that another social movement is poised to challenge deeply held cultural beliefs. Transgender people have remained relatively hidden from public consciousness, due in part to the severe stigma against them. Well, it should be. It's a mental illness. They have largely been regarded as strangers to the law and are often without legal protection because of their transgender identity. Now watch this, and this is important to hear me on this. This is the key. There have been great strides in providing that protection under the current administration, which of course, in 2014, who was President of the United States? President Barack Obama. This is what he said on October 30th, 2008 at a campaign rally in Columbia, Missouri. Did I put this up here or not? I think I may have. Yes, I did. After decades of broken politics in Washington and eight years of failed policies from George W. Bush and 21 months of a campaign that's taking us from the rocky coast of Maine to the sunshine of California, we are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. If we look back 14 years later, how did President Barack Obama and his agenda and his administration fundamentally transform the United States of America? Well, apart from the Affordable Care Act, Barack Obama, I learned, he would go on and appoint in 2008 250 homosexuals and transgender people in the White House and write laws that protect transgender people. Along with Hollywood and a complicit media, he began to normalize a mental illness. And we're living in the fruit of that right now. Did you think that the people in that video were, were normal? That they were talking to these doctors and these people? They weren't. Dr. Paul McHugh, the former psychiatrist-in-chief for Johns Hopkins Hospital, its current distinguished service professor of psychiatry, said in 2015, and you can imagine, yes, even back then, he got in some hot water. This is what he said. These policymakers and the media are doing no favors either to the public or the transgendered by treating their confusions as a right in need of defending rather than as a mental disorder that deserves understanding, treatment, and prevention. It's from a CNS news article, November 26, 2020, that had been originally written in 2015. Try saying that transgenderism is a mental illness today. Dr. McHugh would go on to argue against the transgender defense, that one's gender is only in the mind regardless of anatomical reality. In other words, if you are born a male and you think you're a female, you have a reality issue. This has led some transgender people to push for social acceptance and affirmation of their own subjective personal truth. As a result, some states, this is written in 2015, California, New Jersey, and Massachusetts, have passed laws barring psychiatrists, even with parental permission, from striving to restore natural gender feelings to a transgender minor. Now, of course, under the current administration, the Biden administration, the LGBTQ agenda has been more openly embraced. And of course, the Senate confirmed this, this man as the first transgender federal official, Rachel Levine, an assistant health Secretary. So I asked the question, what is the fruit of this fundamental transformation of the United States of America that President Barack Obama initiated, said he would, in 2008? Well, I want to read you a portion of a story called The Saga of Sage from what's called PIT, P-I-T-T, Parents with Inconvenient Truths About Trans dated May 5th, 2022. So this, again, is stuff I'm finding relatively new. You're gonna, it, it'll take me about you know, five minutes or so to read this. It is disturbing, and it's heartbreaking. It will make you angry, but this is the fruit of the Obama administration in pushing 
that agenda and those laws. Um, this story was written by her adopted mother who happened to also be her grandmother. And she wants the world to know what is happening to vulnerable trans-identified children like her daughter. She writes, I am the grandmother of a 15-year-old girl, Sage Lily. I adopted Sage when she was just shy of two years old. Sage and I live in Virginia with my husband. Sage started going through gender confusion in eighth grade. Either the school or friends were applying pressure to her. To that point, she was a straight A student who enjoyed playing piano and writing poetry. At her small school, as Sage informed me, all the girls were either bi, trans, or lesbian. This is a small school. At some point, social influence overcame her. She advised her friends and teachers that she wanted to be trans and that Sage would no longer be her name. She requested to be called Draco, referred to as a boy. The school obliged since Virginia bylaw requires that students be affirmed by the school staff. And this is a result of what Obama has done in writing these laws. I showed you those documents from those states and what these schools are doing. The school obliged since by Virginia law, it requires this. Unfortunately, the school did not tell me, her legal mother, about any of this. I was left in the dark. I wish I had known. If I had known, this would have been a much different story. Last August of 2021, Sage started ninth grade at the local high school with her trans ID in place unbeknownst to me. She was bullied and became extremely vulnerable. Soon she was exploited online. On August 25th, she ran away from home and I immediately notified the local sheriff. Her case quickly escalated and the FBI and US Marshal became involved. Sage had been sex trafficked from Virginia into Washington DC and then transported to Maryland. The FBI and marshals found her in a locked room at the home of the abuser at 10 p.m. on September 2nd. They called me to let me know and to inform me that I could pick her up in the next morning to bring her home to Virginia. I was told she needed to stay the night at a detention center as she was being treated at the hospital and needed a rape kit completed. I was frantic, as you might imagine, and distraught that I was not allowed to see her right away. I arrived at the detention center bright and early the next morning. However, once there, I received surprising and devastating news. Sage was now being represented by a juvenile attorney and would not be allowed to return to Virginia with us, and I would not be allowed to see her until a court hearing could take place. On top of that, my husband and I were going to be investigated for abuse because we called her Sage and not Draco and used female pronouns in reference to her rather than he, him. Abuse charges were filed against my husband and myself, and Sage was put in, now catch this, a boy's unit of the children's home, and of course, what happened there? She was once again abused. Following this, she was placed in a private room. Again, I was not advised that Sage, with a female body, was placed in a boy's unit. So now my traumatized child had been kidnapped, sex trafficked, and then sexually abused again while in the care of the state, rather than returning to her loving home to rebuild. After an investigation by both Maryland and Virginia uh, DSS, the abuse charges were determined to be unfounded. Yet Sage still was not allowed to come home. Instead, she was put on center stage to push a political and gender agenda for a Maryland public defender with clearly no knowledge of trauma caused by sexual exploitation of a child. Despite therapeutic residential programs in Virginia that were willing and able to accept her, the Maryland public defender attorney said Sage could not go because of the trans identification. And the Maryland juvenile court judge agreed. On November 8th, 2021, the Maryland judge finally released Sage to a facility in Virginia. This was immediately appealed the next day, going against the interstate law for custody, and Maryland continued to retain custody of my child, hoping to place Sage in a foster home in Maryland. Well, why? Because I called her Sage, her legal name, and not Draco. Now our abused child, the victim of a federal sex trafficking crime, was being sent to a foster home because of gender ideology. To make matters worse, one day on November 12th, Sage did not return to the children's home after school. She had run away again, and law enforcement and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children 
and the FBI were all notified, and to my horror, the Maryland marshal found that Sage had been sent from Maryland to Dallas, Texas. On January 24th of 2022, the Texas marshal, through the grace of God, found her in a locked room, where once again, she had been abused by a predator. He had used her for pornography, sold her body for money, starved her, beat her, and drugged her. It was a true miracle she was found. Now Sage is in a residential therapeutic facility for the next one to two years, depending on how well she responds to the program. She's only 15 years old. She spent her 15th birthday, October 20th, in Maryland, and I was not even allowed to visit her. She says, I want to share this story with anyone and everyone who will listen. I am just one small voice for thousands of these children that our society is engendering, endangering by passing laws that gave them more rights than the parents who are there to safeguard and protect them. These kids are not capable of the decisions they're empowered with, and adults are stepping in to exploit them, while the parents have been relegated to the sidelines. We're allowing these children, schools, and medical facilities to legally keep secrets from the parents. This is very real and very scary. I should know. End of story. And it's important, I mean, you don't want to make judgments about people. Well, there's, no, you need to make judgments. And I'm making a judgment against the Obama administration for what they began. This is the fruit of what they have started. It is the fruit of what the current administration is pushing. And they're not the victims. They're in their ivory towers, and children are the victims. And so let's just flat out call it what it is. Transgenderism is a mental illness. It is a mental sickness. Dr. Paul McHugh, I quoted him earlier, said this, that transgenderism is a mental disorder. And boy, did he get in trouble for that. But he's an expert at Johns Hopkins. That merits, transgenderism is a mental disorder that merits treatment, that sex change is biologically impossible, and that people who promote sexual reassignment surgery are collaborating with and promoting a mental disorder. The Mayo Clinic, you can go look on their website today under Transgender Facts, has this. Gender dysphoria is listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM-5, a manual published by the American Psychiatric Association to diagnose mental conditions. Hospitals, doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, they know that transgenderism is a mental illness. In other words, if I suffer from bipolar and I see Abraham Lincoln sitting right there, Number one, I'm not going to be your pastor anymore. Number two, I need help, and I'll probably be given lithium. And the lithium will help bring me back to what? Reality. Reality. But we have laws that are pushing this agenda and pushing and protecting a mental disorder. I'll talk about this next week, but think of it this way. Of all the list of those names that that Paul gave, the, the adulterers, adulterers, the effeminate homosexuals, swindlers, and so on, are there any laws protecting Adulterers? Are there laws protecting swindlers or slanderers? Why trans laws? Why laws protecting homosexuals? You ever think about that? I mean, but it's one thing, you know, to hear a story or to read you statistics. Another thing to see and hear a personal testimony. Can we put the next video up, David? This is off of Twitter. This is a video of a girl who under pressure from her girlfriend experimented with a trans lifestyle. Yes, when you see this girl, this is a girl. When I first saw it, I thought, is this a boy or a girl? But she's a girl. She's obviously a lesbian or was in a lesbian relationship. And um, she would be what we would, I growing up, I would call her a tomboy, right? This is her, her story. So it's not any statistics. This is what she's writing. This was this week, or this past week, that she posted this. Go ahead, David. So I'm going to get into trans and mental delusion and everything because it's been called that before. When I was in my early 20s, 
I lived in Olympia, Washington, and I had a girlfriend at the time, and she told me, you are a boy. And I was like, I'm not so sure about that. But she pressed it and pressed it enough. She's like, look at the way you dress, look at your mannerisms, look at the way you talk. I'm like, mm. <laughs> okay, well, I still talk the same. Uh, still have these same mannerisms. Uh, I mean, today I wear boots and jeans. Uh, with them, I wear, wear girl pants, you know, like Miss Me's Rock Revivals, you know, etc., etc. Doesn't matter. Um, but she was, yeah, you're the guy. So, I went with it, wrote this like page essay that she wanted me to write as to why you are. Um, I started binding. I went with this stupid different name. Uh, I still remember it. It's dumb. And, you know, went with that little acceptance. Um, yeah. And that was in my early 20s. I look at... I, once I broke up with her, got away from those friends, I wanted nothing to do with that. And I immediately stopped. And I thought it would, I, I was so glad that I am who I am today. Thank God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> really enjoy just being me. I look at the younger generation today and what they're doing to kids. And how easy it is for their minds and to just flop that. And it's, it is, it's, it's like a mental delusion because I was a grown adult convinced by one person, their friends supported me and it was like instant, fine, okay. And if I hadn't have gone away from that, I have no idea what would have happened. I really, I don't. Um, so do I think it's a mental delusion? Yeah, I do. Are there people who are trans and, and so, well, you know what, fine, 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 fine. But I really do feel like it, it's not okay, and especially for the younger kids, especially, it's, it's not okay. It's, they're way too young. If that happened to me in my early 20s, and I was convinced that quick, imagine these younger kids with just like a single teacher telling them, you are not a boy, you're a girl. Or the other way around. In response to this tweet, um, I was surprised to find this. People were, were, were replying to it. This was a response, and there was a, a couple of these. I'm a gay man. This is exactly how I feel. I was effeminate, an innocent boy growing up. I didn't realize I was gay until I was 13. I remember the exact moment I first considered it. There are a lot of us who oppose this ideology. It's so dangerous. So there are people in the gay movement that don't agree with this transgender movement. Um, what they don't want us to know, though, with this movement is that, um, as, again, I'll quote Dr. McHugh, the pro-transgender advocates do not want to know that studies show between 70 and 80% of children who express transgender feelings spontaneously lose those feelings. Also, for those who had sexual reassignment surgery, most said they were satisfied with the operation, but their subsequent psychosocial adjustments were no better than those who didn't have the surgery. In other words, they still struggle with their sexuality, even though they've had the surgery. You know what binding is, by the way? I didn't put this in here, but I was going to show you, a, you know, they're having transition closets, and it's popular in schools, where they can go to school, and you're, you're dressed one way, and you go, and you transition, and you change, and they can get, the girls can get the binding stuff put on, so the parents don't know, but it's sponsored by the school. These are transition closets, okay? They also don't want you to know um, that this experimenting on children is so controversial that Finland and Sweden stopped giving puberty blockers to children, according to one of us in National Review. The Times wrote this, that puberty blockers, this is what we do know, hinder growth of bone density. That's what we know. According to the Christian Post, in an article of May 19th, a few days ago, 2022, 
The poll, they found this in a poll, most U.S. voters oppose sex change surgeries for kids but are too afraid to speak up. Although most Americans oppose allowing uh, surgeons to perform sex change operations on children and teenagers suffering from gender dysphoria and teaching young children about sexual orientation and gender identity in schools, many are afraid to speak about such hot-button issues due to fear of retribution. The poll also found that a majority of respondents do not believe transgenderism is a healthy human condition. 78% said that minors suffering from gender confusion should be required to wait until they are legal adults before undergoing life-altering surgeries, such as removing breast tissue and genital mutilation. Just 9% said gender-confused children should be encouraged to undergo permanent gender alteration. So 91% do not believe that children should be suffering under this. The majority of all the subgroups agree that children should have to wait until adulthood before they undergo life-changing elective operations. But here's the key, an overwhelming number of respondents, 89%, said it is possible to distinguish between men and women with just 7% saying no. Sadly, this breaks my heart, this next topic, but it also fills me with righteous anger. You will find transgenderism in the church. This is a Naples church plans to host an LGBTQ drag show for children as young as 12 and plan to bus kids directly from school. The Naples United Church of Christ will be hosting a youth pride conference on May 21st for LGBTQ youth aged 12 to 18. The event is free and will feature a drag show as an exploration of LGBTQ-related issues facing today's youth. Now, thankfully, in April, the church was caught trying to host a gay prom for children at this church. The Reverend Dawson B. Taylor, the senior minister since 2016, I checked, I went to this church's website, he's no longer there. I mean, it just happened this week. He is, his picture is down, they have an interim pastor, and this man has deleted his Twitter account, and the church is currently led by an interim pastor. A United Church of Christ is an older denomination. It was filled with a lot of older people, and this was happening in their church. So, okay, is the transgender movement everywhere? Well, folks, it's in Australia. This is a man dressed in lingerie who was photographed playing next to kids at the Australia's first museum. They defended it, and the spokesperson said the museum is committed to be in a safe place where everyone feels welcome. And there's an update that the Austin Museum just protected their tweets, meaning only confirmed followers have access. In other words, they were caught by this individual and they protected their tweets. How about the United Kingdom? You recognize this face? In December 2019, author J.K. Rowling, Rowling offered her public support for Maya Forstater, a UK woman who was fired for expressing her belief, among others, that it's impossible to change sex. After a judge ruled that Forstater's views were not protected under Britain's anti-discrimination laws. Of course, rallying has since been what? Canceled. And how about our neighbor to the north in Canada? See this right here? Yeah, you say, who said dumb? God bless you. Sorry, Canada, but this is dumb. Schools in Canada are telling students that 18-month-old children can know if they are transgender. Can you read that? Can you see that? Right, 18 months. It gets worse. Speaking of Canada, on January uh, 7th of 2022, Canada Bill C-4 went into effect. This is ba a bill basically made it a crime to offer to a transgender person or a homosexual person any kind of conversion therapy. Did you, did you guys know that? Is a crime punishable by up to five years in prison to attempt to convert a transgender person or homosexual? This is serious, folks. Because this is a direct attack on the church, because the, this is a direct attack on the church. The mission of the church is what? To convert sinners into saints. Now, I opened this sermon with 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, right? Remember that? 
I'm going to add verse, that list of people that don't get in the kingdom of God, including the effeminate and homosexuals. I think I put these up here. This is verses, verse 11. Or do you not know? Or, such were some of you. Now, such were some of you referring to what? Some of you were adulterers, idol worshipers. Some of you were effeminate, meaning you were cross-dressers or transgender. Some of you were homosexuals. What does that mean? What's the word were? Is it past tense or present? Past tense. You were that way. You're not. Now what are you? They were washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of God. Now these people, and earlier in this letter, we'll get into this next week, are identified as saints. Meaning they have been free of that for some time, and they are no longer transgender, they are no longer homosexual, they are straight, or they're identifying with their sex at biological sex. The point is, because I wanted to end, because it was such a, a serious, I, in fact, the whole point was to start with this verse, explain this verse, what the Bible says in the Old New Testament about transgenderism. As I started doing all this research, I, it was like Wednesday or Thursday morning, I was like, I have already 14 pages of stuff, and I've already got rid of a ton. This is just going to be an introduction, and I'll get into, because I, I typically take you verse by verse, word by word, and get you into the Word of God. I want to just give you a general overview, and then end with hope. I'm going to tell you there is hope for anyone, including the transgender. Such were some of you. They may have suffered under the fundamental transformation of the Obama administration, but they can be fully transformed by the power of God. Washed, sanctified, and justified, those are words of hope, and that is true conversion. And that is the conversion therapy that they need. It's not a, a process as a divine miracle of God taking a heart and transforming it. And so let's pray, and I thought it was appropriate that for your application point this week, pray for the children. Pray for our children. It was a little bit of a heavy sermon, but I had to expose you to this is everywhere, folks. All around the, around the world, and it's getting worse. It is serious. It is serious. Let me pray. Father, as we bow our heads and as we close our eyes and as we bow ready to eat food that you've graciously provided for us, may your blessing be on us. Would you bless this food to the nourishment of our body? We pray for our, the children, not only our children, but just the children in our countries and around the world that are seeking to be destroyed by our enemy, using uh, the institutions and the ideologies of the world. Lord, we know that you love children. Protect those children. Lead them into a saving knowledge of the truth found only in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.